Warning, Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. To Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. Just a reminder, we are no longer going to be using the Rain Man Digital app. It has been discontinued, but if you like those live show notifications, do not yet fret. You can now text RMD69250597 and receive a standard text message whenever a live RMD show is about to start, along with a link to where you can easily listen from any mobile device. No dick pics, though. No Please. dick pics. No one send us any dick pics. In fact, don't send us messages. It, it eats up my allowance <laughs> for the month. Just receive. You're on a budget ass account I, plan. I, what do you think we make? Millions of dollars on this network, Thomas. That's like standard now. Free text messages. Not with this company I'm using. So I get charged a lot every time someone and sends a, me a message. And a lot more for pics. Yeah. Of dicks. No, but you know what? They really do. If you send any type of pictures, you will rate my budget. You probably shouldn't have told people that because now Ryan's going to no, listen to this on. and just do that for like a straight day. Rook you, Thomas. Exactly. Where is Ryan anyways? He's just absent for season 14, it seems at this rate, but he is apparently still in Japan. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. He's home because like, he told like me sleeping off a sake bender. Let's get real. He told me a month ago that he was going to be gone for two weeks, but he'd be back on Saturday mm-hmm. before the show. Yeah. Now I scheduled the show. And he's all oh, bro. I'm gone until Tuesday. I'm like, yeah. right. He got in late Saturday. I Sunday almost rescheduled was... the show for Tuesday evening. I'm like, oh, sweet. Just you're going to make it off. then. Oh, good. We've moved everything just for you. You bitch. You better not miss it. Rock you, Thomas. <laughs> that is right. I am Thomas Kelly, your host. Joining me today is Michael Flores. No, Ryan, but we do have special guest, Avi. How are you, Avi? Hold on. She's not on. Oh, yet. she's not on yet. Here there we, we go. go. Now she's on. How are you, Avi? Better now. <laughs> That she's not been stuck in the corner. Now that I'm not censoring her. <laughs> so this week, writer Davey Perez and newcomer Nick, was it Vaunt? I'd say Vaunt. Vaunt. Uh, gave us another B-film style episode, Monster Hunt, with some new unique twists to some Native American lore or inspired by some Native American lore. That's some of my favorite, too. It's Dude, if you ever talk to anybody from... Uh, reservation who who's grown up with some of those stories they yeah. get real uncomfortable it's fantastic man i've had experiences i i might have discussed this on a patreon show like did. back in my douche days when i was like 25 26 um there was this spot that i used to take gals uh not Look to at, kill make out point make out point yes make out point and uh, not to kill that's your first <laughs> well, response well it s- sounded like that's the direction it was going in case the cops listen to these tapes yeah <laughs> 
I used to go to this makeout point and it was in the middle of reserv- in a reservation in a farm area. And there's a bunch of like dirt roads and you can get lost in there, which was awesome because then nobody would bother you and you can just go to town. And Again, because you're not killing people, not killing people, <laughs> having sexual relations. <laughs> and one time me and this one girl were going at it and she couldn't see the window and I could. So I look around. Can I see like movement up ahead? Oh, I'm like, fuck which, that, and it's pitch, dude. it's pitch dark. Okay. Pitch. See, I would be black. uncomfortable. I because I I would imagine the worst horrors you, out there. You watching haven't even me. heard it yet, Thomas. There's I know. A, there's a that's dark how I know fi- I'd be creeped out. A dark figure that looked exactly like the figure in this episode. Oh fuck that! Came dude. walking towards the car, and I said, "Oh shit, someone's coming towards the car. Get off!" I'm like, let's get out of here. And once she gets off, me to the and goes to the next chair. Five seconds probably passed. The guy's nowhere to be found. And he was walking towards the car. So I'm oh, looking everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I look down, mm-hmm. I look up, and he is gone. Or who, whatever, whatever it was. Whatever it was. And I never went back to that makeout Dude, point again. Because you know that's the thing that horror movies are made out of. The those monster, types of stories. The monster living out there was like, this motherfucker's having sex in my front lawn. And I was being immoral, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It could it could feel your sin. I was that guy that gets killed. I was the douche. You Exactly. Yeah. Wait, here's the question. Did you get out of the car? What? Okay, so he's not okay, an idiot. He he's just a douche. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you 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 don't do is never get out of the car. No, no. I kicked her out though because she she was parked the other. I said, <laughs> oh "Hey, go to your car God. now." Well, I waited like five ten minutes before you know. You made, had the I, headlights I on. Sure, you were watching. I made sure everything was good to go. Then I said, "All right, here, go to your car now. We got to <sighs> leave." Oh God, fuck that! I dude. turned the lights on and and made sure she was okay. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> As you don't get out of the car for the axe <laughs> <Yeah>. murderer. <laughs> no, but the Native American lore does have a lot of really dark, twisted things that make people uncomfortable, whether it's from the reservation who knows some of those myths and legends or grew up with them or just even hearing them. There's something about them that yeah. just feels more palpable, more true in some ways. Yeah. I, I don't know how to properly describe it, but if you ever have the chance to talk to somebody, if they'll tell you about it, who knows about it firsthand, do so. Uh, so with that, we got also ask them how do they get those casinos rolling with the dough? Because I'm curious. I, because when Supernatural ends, I'm going to have to sure. get into Invest. the casino business. Yeah, I'm going to forget the podcast. It's all business. on 17 black all, and just see what happens. All on black from here on out. That's it. <laughs> no. So they wrote this episode and was directed by John Fitzpatrick. And we got a primary focus on Jack and Sam this episode. Uh, Sam still struggling with the loss of those team members, the other hunters, Maggie and the like, and Jack dealing with and deliberately highlighting the dangers that are his powers and how they are still not under control. He may be himself again in some respect, but that doesn't mean that everything's safe again. So that's what we got with this episode. But surprisingly, with only five episodes left of the season, we still have no big baddie in sight. And originally it was pitched as we thought it was Michael. And I honestly don't know if I agree with that at this point. It, everything has slowed down to a snail's pace. A snail stuck in tree sap on a glacier moving to the end of time and waiting for the death, the heat death of the universe. That is how slow this has felt to me personally, since we've came come back from winter break, we came back from yeah. winter break and things were shot off like a fucking gun. Yeah, with Full nihilism, board. I was erect and ready. Yeah. with nihilism, I was coming. 
<laughs> it was the highlight of the season so far. And Michael's like, I'm going to tell God to suck my dick. And I'm like, whoa, was that's great. aggressive yeah. and incestuous. <laughs> and I was excited. And then we stop. Yeah. We stopped real hard. And these last, this last episode here with Don't Go Into the Woods, it does feel like a kind of like a reset. This is almost where I would imagine we'd be right. after the first three or four episodes of a new season. Well, this is why I get a little nervous, though, because I'm like, all right, so they're slowing things way down. What are they doing? What are they resetting? Are we about to hit the ground running? Are we taking a breath, a pause yeah. between Michael and the next thing? Because I know some people are getting frustrated. And yes, I'm watching this episode. And I get a little frustrated because I'm ready for some yeah. some big reveals but then it makes me get nervous because I'm like, well, shit, if they're slowing things down like this, there's got to be a reason for it. They're getting right. ready for some type of reset and we better be ready for it because I don't think it's going to be pretty. No. And the all the evidence leads to that reset leading to Jack, uh, which would make sense that they would then take this episode to put the emphasis back on how dangerous his powers can be between the very end scene of the last episode with uh, the death of the snake where he just misguidedly thinks that killing it would be the best thing and seeing him be a little arrogant or, or a little showy showy might be a better term. I thought he powers. was going to do that this week with that girl. I'm like, Oh, she's dying. Let me just end her suffering. I swore. <laughs> oh, that was gonna happen. Oh, my God. I was like, oh my God. It's okay. She's dead in heaven now. And soon you will be too. <laughs> and then he just kills the kids. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I really thought that's the direction they were going with. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna kill he's her, gonna murder everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it does seem like that is where we're leading towards, and this has been telegraphed and talked about since Jack's appearance. Yeah, we've already known the risk behind Jack's powers. We've known that since his first appearance, end of season twelve, episode one of season thirteen. So. The question becomes, why are they reinforcing? Why are they re strengthening this idea? Why are we, are we bringing it to the forefront for the casual viewer? Because while it's very easy to say, we already know this. Why are you showing it to me? That's also coming from a lot of our hardcore fan base and people who are paying attention all the time. Right. Sometimes you do have to write an episode yeah. as if, hey, what if this was the first time somebody caught this? Yeah, It can't be... It's not Game of Thrones where you have to pay a special subscription to watch this. Right. And it's the same reason why we keep reminding people that the Rain Man digital app no longer works. Because, because then you keep one are, episode and you're I'm, like, what the fuck? I'm still receiving messages. Hey, the, the, the app's not working. I'm like, well, we've been talking about it for like three months. <laughs> and then they passive aggressively send you dick pics. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can I get at least a, a, a nip? A, a titty shot? A nip slip? Pick? Nip slip pick? Yeah. Like Dean wants all of his internet to be? Thomas will gladly accept dick pics and, <laughs> and nip pics because he likes both. Come one, come all to the carnival. Uh, so we have to ask, why are they reinforcing that? You know, it's not just that his powers are dangerous, though, but it's really about where is Jack emotionally, psychologically, mentally, because he has been through a lot this season. Yeah, and you he know? seemed surprisingly okay. Like, he's definitely not acting like as off like Sam. Yeah. Do you remember how Sam acted in season six with no soul? Absolutely. I do. He had this psycho serial killer look to his demeanor. Like he never really emoted any real emotion. Whereas mm -hmm. Jack is still, still feels like Jack, which I, I think I have a couple of thoughts on that though. Yeah, go for it. So what you were saying, Thomas, about <clears throat> Jack in general, I think with the main, 
what I got mainly from this episode about Jack was, especially when he was explaining himself to the people, to the kids that didn't know him, he's only two, he's never done this, he's never done that. I think they were kind of showing us just how immature that he is. And -hmm. if you think about a kid in, I don't know, I have a barely teenager now. So, so if you think about how they act when they finally get a little bit of responsibility or they finally get a little bit of freedom, they kind of overdo it because they're like, yes, I finally have this. And, and I kind of feel like that's where Jack was coming from in this episode with his powers. He was like, oh my God, I'm finally back to myself. I finally have my powers after so Mm -hmm. long of not having them. And he just honestly made a mistake because even when he had his powers for the longest time, they were afraid of him using them at all. So he didn't really practice with them. And even when he was practicing with them, it wasn't very long until he lost them. So I think it's just a lot of immaturity and so much wanting to be friends with people that weren't Sam and Dean and learn things that are outside of the Hunter world. Yeah. Yes, I agree. That's actually in line with a lot of our show notes today, AV. We actually have similar thoughts when it comes to Jack because Mm -hmm. Jack, in a lot of ways, just wants to belong. Yeah. He wants to feel like he's a part of the group. And if anything, and we're going to get into that a lot more uh, during the second half of the show, if anything, it just feels it feels like they're trying to reinforce that idea. Maybe this is what's going to nudge him to a more of a darker area because he just doesn't belong and he's going to notice, yeah. Hey, you know what? I just don't belong. Sam and Dean are scared of my powers. They have asked me to sit this one out. I accidentally hurt a kid when I was doing nothing but having fun. I wasn't even doing anything really negligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it wasn't for that dummy, you know, running into the knife, nothing would it's have happened. It's her fault, not mine. It, so right. you're going to, I feel like they're, that's what they're doing. They're trying to nudge him. So he's not necessarily going to turn bad if this is the, what they're doing. He's not going to turn bad because he has an evil heart. We already know right. he doesn't. So they can no longer go that route. That was the, the thing they played with last season mm-hmm. where we weren't quite sure what Jack what's going on in his mind now it's very clear that jack is a good person he is the farthest thing from being like his father like (laughs) lucifer so now the only logical thing to do if they still want to go down the route of jack being a big bad is to nudge him in that direction to where he eventually has to separate himself from the very people that do essentially understand and know what he is and know who he is and he's going to be alone and what does lonely loneliness usually do you're allowed to usually when you're lonely and you're alone, um, bad ideas start to fester. Well, so, and not only that, too, when I think one of the key things that hopefully they kind of go with is when <clears throat> Donatello told him, you know, I always think about what Mr. Rogers would do. Yeah. And he said, well, who is he? He's the best man I know. Sam and Dean are the best men that I know. Then do what they would do. It kind of, mm-hmm. especially with this episode, it kind of made me wonder if he's kind of faking how okay he is. That could be he very could be easily case. could be. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that are still up in the air with Jack, but I, I think Mike hit on a good point is we know he's not the worst person ever. That was all of the season 13. Can good be born from evil? And Jack proves that. So if he's not evil and if we don't burn out his soul entirely to where he's careless, how do we have somebody who's sympathetic yet dangerous? And I think a a good example we have from film is Edward Scissorhands, where it's somebody who 
has power or is miss is different. You think wants Jack's to be gonna long. start giving people haircuts? He might. He might open a salon, a boutique. <laughs> but the idea that Tony you and Jack trying to protect somebody or trying to do the right thing can result in you hurting somebody as well because you are so different and being ostracized and and running away because you've got an angry mob metaphorically or in some way. And you kind of had that with the kids these in this episode. So Fuck them. the question is, if he is naive and if he is trying to learn how to interact with other people because he's only known hunting, he doesn't know how to interact with regular teenagers, then maybe he does something wrong and then he runs away out of fear of hurting people. He's done it before. What's to say he couldn't do it again? We've seen that in other narratives. So then the real question is who's waiting to comfort him? And we've teased yeah. yep. this before, and we kind of know this might be where we're going with the possible return of Lucifer. Michael himself has said, you are different. You're a, you're more powerful than them in uh, the spear. You know, you're not the same as them. You never will be. And as time goes on, it'll, your view You'll of understand. them will change. You'll understand. Even and if Michael Lucifer, said that too. Yeah, that's what Michael said. And if Lucifer then shows up like, hey, I'm here for you. I understand you. We can go somewhere that's safe, that you won't hurt people. That's going to seem like a very enticing offer, depending on where he's at. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking as well. I don't think it's going to be Lucifer just because we've already done that. And, and I think the, that... The unhuman nature, maybe. Yeah, it's something. We already know, based on Dab's spoiler he he dropped on everybody, that uh, a fan favorite will be making mm-hmm. a return at the end of the season. And maybe that's the person that will be welcoming Jack with open arms. Somebody that can understand who he is. And... I don't feel like any of us is, are going to like it. I don't think we're going to have this doom and gloom ending like like we've had in years past. I feel like it's going to be that type of ending. It's going to end with a question mark. Jack's going to join somebody else, somebody that can truly understand who he is. It's and the Amara. fight. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Plus, we get to see Amara again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in this episode. What was though- that laugh? Ho, 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 ho. Sound like Santa Claus. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> that was my, my creepy Santa laugh. Ho, ho. It's trying not to sound like I'm coming down with some sort of bronchitis or whatever the hell's going on into the mic for for a half second there. Yeah. Um, so outside of the the general aspects of Jack and Sam in this episode, we had a we saw Adam Beach show up in a guest spot being for no a, reason, being a very strong guest spot with nothing to do. Yeah, it's weird because Adam it's Beach odd. is a big fucking name. This guy's in like countless movies and a few TV shows here and there. I have no idea why he decided to guest spot in in a in a TV show. It's very strange although he is uh, he was the strongest guest star of that entire episode. You know, that there's a reason why the guy's had a career for almost 20 some years. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt like an odd out of place. Like he just wandered on to set one day. He's like, "Hey, Maybe that's what, what it was. Doing? Maybe he was shooting a film. He's like, you know what? I, I like your show. Can I guess spot? I would do that. You imagine being a, a director or a showrunner and some oh, dude. Who the working. hell wouldn't take yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, dude, come on. We'll make a spot I don't for have you. to do a casting decision. I can just have somebody who's good and established walk into the set. Fuck it. So, and we'll we'll discuss his kind of lack of point or, or, or relevance in this episode, despite his strong performance as we get into the actual discussion. But... We first have news, and unfortunately, it is very, very sad news, which is just a few days ago, Jensen Eccles, Jared Padalecki, and Misha Collins posted a video where they shared that season 15 would be Supernatural's last season. Uh, this was through Instagram, and it's it's not 
fun. It's not fun to watch. You can definitely see the pain in at least Jared, I think, shines through more than anybody. Oh, God. <laughs> more than anybody else. But uh, the the guys talked about how, unfortunately, we're, we are wrapping up after 15 years after, Jesus, 300 plus episodes. And, Sorry, and, I, I didn't mute my mic. <laughs> and God knows how many fans inspired by this show. It is It is sadly coming to a close. Yeah, here's the video, the audio. Speed. Hey, guys. Uh, Jared, Jensen, and Misha here. And we have some big news big that news. we wanted y'all to hear from us. Um, we just told the crew uh, that, uh, that though we're very, very excited about moving into our 15th season, mm-hmm. um, it will be our last. Um, 15 years of a show that has certainly changed my life. I know it's changed these two guys' life. Uh, and and you, we just wanted to wanted you to hear from us yeah. that, um, that though we're excited uh, about next year, um, it, it, will be, uh, it will be the finale, yeah. the big grand finale of yeah. an institution. Yeah, we've cried some tears and we'll cry some more. Um, but well, we're, we're going to save the emotion for next season. Grateful <laughs> yeah. and we'll we, work all the emotion in the next season. We talked about this in advance. We're like, let's not get emotional about it. Let's just try to be cool. And He's and, hanging on for dear life. I know yeah. him. We yeah. love Yeah, there's a second yeah, you know, part to that. It's, but. it's very strange because um, Jensen looks very well composed. Whereas yeah. if you look at Misha, Misha looks like someone just shit in a cereal. Dude, someone right. did. Are you kidding? And Jared looks like he is barely holding on. J- absolutely. It, which kind of strengthens the idea that's been going around the internet that it's Jensen's idea to say sayonara, everybody. I think yeah. he's ready. He's done. Which is very strange, Thomas, because less than a year ago, they all yeah. said this show's going to go on. They were like, yeah, we're going to go on. Like, what happened? Well, what changed their minds, or at least Jensen's mind, to, hey, let's just end it. Yeah, it's very that, strange. You're right, though, because when I watched that and we're never, ever going to know, we're not going to know. No. And people that keep pointing to conventions like, oh, well, they said this is the convention. They're not going to ever tell you why. No, not really. Why they're ending the show. You're absolutely right. Jen, Jared looks like he's really holding it in. Like he is upset. And Misha Collins. <laughs> yeah. Misha Collins has this one point in the video where he's just kind of staring into the middle space. He's just trying like, not to cry. That's that's what like, guys do. If people don't yeah. know, that's what guys do. They stare straight ahead <laughs> or off to the right awkwardly because they don't want to make eye contact nope, with you or the anybody. camera because the waterworks will begin. Yeah. And he, he does look like he just had someone like he just looks like he just watched someone take a shit. Yeah. Like he's just well, sitting there like Jesus Christ. I wouldn't cry. I would be he's like, just like appalled. What? Like on his food. Like just like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'd cry. Wow. If, is okay. it Chipotle? Is yeah. it a Chipotle burrito that yeah. I really wanted to eat? And yeah. then, yes. I would cry. And they just took a steamy one right yeah. on top of it. Yeah. But you're right. God. Jensen. Jensen does look. Hmm. Paprikoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen is the most composed by far. He's gangsta. And it is interesting because you said that we know that they said the show is going to keep going. And according to it's what, just like you know, Mark Shepard, Mark Shepard, you know, yeah. we didn't learn why he left until Years six later, months later fire. when he was open and honest mm-hmm. about why he left the show. Yeah. So we we're not going to know the facts. And honestly, I don't know if I want to know because I don't want to know any, if there's any turmoil behind the scenes or 
whatever it may be. You don't want to see how sausage I don't want to know that. I don't want to know. I want to end this run being happy, thinking everybody loves each other and and call it a day. And yeah. and I'll be honest, I was I was a bit emotional, not like like crying. I don't cry over TV shows, but it sucks. It did feel like something like I lost something when they made that announcement. I felt. I almost felt like a partial breakup, like, you know, that not an actual breakup, <laughs> but it felt like Dude, that. I said that on Twitter. Do you yep. know when you know that feeling you get when you know relationships yep. over, but it yep. hasn't ended yet. But you have that that weird feeling in your gut, like a rock of emptiness. That's what I felt when I read when I watched this announcement, it's like, fuck, because dude, fifth, I've been watching this since day one. Fifth, I didn't pick yep. up, you know, binge watch four years ago, two years ago. I've been watching since 2005. Yep. And there is, that's a dude, that's, that's older than my son. That's a long time to develop a type of relationship with a show. It's not, it's not the same as your favorite show that ran five years or six years or right. three years. This is 15 fucking years. Mm-hmm. That, it, that's a piece of someone's life. It's longer than half of my life right now. Yeah. yeah. It's my, this show has <laughs> oh been running. Gosh. This I, show has I, been I, running <laughs> for half of my life. I am 28 right yeah. now at time of recording 14 seasons in. The show has been running for about half as long as I've been alive, and I've been watching it since day one. And you're, you're right. It's not the end of your favorite show. It's not Breaking Bad, which took five, six years of your life. It's not one of my other favorite shows, Black Sails, which was four years. You know, this is an, the end of an era. And it's not just the the TV show. It's the cons and it's the fandom. Supernatural has so deeply embedded itself within comic book and fan lore for for something that really started out as a tv show on the wb yeah that had no right to be as good as it was no right to grab hearts and minds like it did capture people's imaginations and it really is a testament to everybody who's been a part of it everybody who created it from eric kripke's brain to the lowliest of pas on the last season on the last day to the janitor that sweeps up like the seriously bopper? the jizz mopper well because we're all going to bust a load on yeah. that final episode oh, wow or we fucking better yeah but it really is it's the end of an era this this is like with the first time like star trek went off the air this or is something like the like, end of mash this is it is dude. yes as far as fans and nerds are concerned this is the end of mash it may not be the greatest thing ever but it's been the longest right yeah and you can't tell us that you don't it, nobody who's a fan of nerd culture doesn't know at least a semblance of this show and that's why I will not usually I make fun of people when they cry when shows end. I will not make fun of one person if they shed tears when the show ends because no. I get it. I mean, 15 years. That's so long. Dude, I want to cry at the end of the show. We we fucking tear up at stuff like Lebanon when yeah. when they finally have that father-son moment between John and Sam and and you know, don't call me Shirley when Chuck sings fairly well and mm. all kinds of moments have hit us in the feels. Yeah. We still have, I'm, I, we better still have a lot more to come. And so when the show finally does go off the air, it will be sad. And everyone has the right to feel however they want to feel. Well, see, I liken this show to like, and I, I might've said this before, but you know how, like when you listen to an old song that you listen to as a child and it just brings yeah. back tons of memories, mm. nostalgia yeah. overload. 
this is how this show is. It, it's a 15 yep. years. Think about yep. how much has transpired in someone's life in 15 years. And this show has been a part of that transitional period in your life as you move through, you know, different, uh, you know, different scenarios or whatever moments in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, I started watching this show with my son's mom. I haven't been with her in 12 years. <laughs> yeah. In fact, she's the reason why I started watching the show. <laughs> and she's not even watching it. She hasn't watched it for like 10 years. Oh, that's a shame. Man. Speaking of well, which, I saw something on the internet today that I thought was interesting. Hmm. What did you find? Anybody ever notice that it was 10 years after the show was supposed to end? Oh, wow. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't think of that. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Wow. Yeah, 10. So, somebody made a more seasons. deal, maybe? No, I'm just Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? Someone suddenly drops dead at the end of oh, season 15. Kripke start, better start it's making clear. more shows. Oh. No, just just make Ryan. Sorry, Ryan wasn't here. I had to do it. It's dad. <laughs> I need a paycheck. Oh, shit, guys. Good. That's, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to be that. <laughs> All right. We need to go to a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. And we're getting into the discussion in just a moment. Vagina. Oh. <laughs> they can break. Shares a hilarious Wait, warning. she did what? How did she break it? Broke her vagina. <laughs> Continue, Andrew. Uh, shares a hilarious warning about using sex toys for the first time. What did she do? Like ram it all the way in, including the, the remote control? So how do I do this? <laughs> the cable's still there. We just shove it all in there. Is this how this thing it's works? It's supposed to go in, right? Sex columnist, Nadia. <laughs> Is this how it works, guys? I'm not sure. They told me at uh, Fascinations that this is what I need. Very high-powered. Actually, oops, I wasn't Fascinations. The receipt says Lowe's. <laughs> at least Lowe's has a great return policy. Nadia Bacodi. Hold on, I'm not having a comment. I haven't came yet. I'm almost there. I'm like Randy. You gotta work it. <laughs> All right, I'm all... <laughs> all right, we're done. <laughs> the 34-year-old goes to say in a video, it had been a long time since I had sex, referring to her divorce from her husband. It was quite odd, and looking back, that I was running a woman's website. Hold on a second. Randy. Yeah. Has there been some cold spells in your life where you didn't have sex for... Periods. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do you do to satisfy yourself? Do you use vibrators or do you just use the old, the old flicker room? Um, Go ahead. You use Don't lie. Tinder or Snapchat and you oh, get so, to come okay, over. So that's what you've done. Everyone knows that sex is, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So were you known as the girl that just has sex on the apps? Like, they're like, oh, we all got to get Randy. <laughs> she just wants to. No, sex. you just lock down a few trusty key people. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, key people and you just kind of and you went, okay. what are you doing 
And then you say just like that. What are you doing? Did they all come running after that? <laughs> come here, you. <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> Hold still and bring your mouth down to my pussy. <laughs> Do you mind if I use the dildo as well? I just picked it up from Home Depot. <laughs> it's a craftsman. Come on, use that tongue, boy. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. What are you looking at, nerd? Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Geek Out Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> For kids, or like one of them, like you get this is, the, this the is fact that Marvel's been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist. Television has been doing this for decades. <laughs> and I stumbled upon it while I was hunting alligators. And this guy starts whistling at you. He beckons you. So I thought it was a mission, like a side mission. So I went, and then I realized what it was when it was too late. I walked in, the guy starts, and that's how they go out. Like, because the the rebirth, when they ditched the new 52, because the new 52, they weren't always on the best of terms, they're back together, or, you know, they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know. They just feel like the universe is pulling them together. Catch up on your favorite Rayman digital geek shows every Saturday. DC on CW, Back to Tank, Weird West Radio, The Crossroads, and more. Geek Out Saturday on Rayman Channel 001. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. The Crossroads Videocast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. And here's Sam trying to be optimistic you know, and save people and help other hunters. And he just, I don't want to say he fails. They, in fact, they said this season, or I think Castiel, this episode, I should say, Castiel even mentioned that he failed as a leader. I'm like, nah, come on. Did he fail? Or, or feel like he failed. Yeah, he definitely, you could definitely say that. He didn't yeah. fail. The guy managed to help people save their lives. It sucks that they ended up dying, but that's on them. Yeah. Learn to survive, Maggie. Don't just go running and yelling, Sam. Fucking try and stab the bitch. Yeah, do something. 
pinch a titty or something. <laughs> it wouldn't be sexual. Go down fighting is the point. Yeah, it's not a sexual assault. It's a, a girl doing it's a titty a girl. Yeah. A titty twister. Remember those yeah. back in the day? Ooh. Titty twisters. <laughs> I like titty twisters. Come here, Thomas. <laughs> There's a reason There's, I'm on the other side of the room right now. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Now we're going to get talk about Season 14, Episode 16, Don't Go in the Woods. While Sam and Dean investigate a creature killing people in the woods, they leave Jack to his own devices. So again, this one was written by Davey Perez and Nick Vaunt. With Davey Perez, you know, he's he's shown an affinity for those B-monster movies, those Roger Corman-level <laughs> the monster's wearing just a dude in a plastic suit kind of vibe and takes the person off into the woods. And, and that's pretty much the story, you know, but he does, while he does have an affinity for it, he, he does not go into them lightly. He still puts his effort and his, his drive, his passion for this kind of horror into everything he does and utilizing again, native American legend for this week's monster of the week was, it was nice. It was nice seeing that. It's something that we don't see a lot of, despite despite how much Native American culture should obviously play into American urban legend and myth. We haven't seen quite that much of it. So anytime we get to see a little bit behind the curtain where there's something about it, it does feel, at least personally to me, it feels a little bit more real, tangible. Like I should be, the werewolves and vampires, I'm like, okay, sure thing. But with some of these ghosts and monsters and and supernatural elements i've always felt a little bit more like hmm, maybe i'll be a little bit more wary about that one as mike apparently can attest to in real life while he was trying to hook up with some chick so yeah well i will say about that thomas is since about the chick i hooked up with no <laughs> oh since um since we've really gotten away from demons and angels being such a major part of the storyline for the show. I think it's allowed them to go back and revisit some of those things that are really in the fabric of the show and really get back to the roots of the urban legends and the things that oh, go absolutely. bump in the night. And it is definitely with Sam basically telling all of hell to fuck off by the beginning of season 14, you do have that freedom to go back to a season one era Let's tell monster stories. Let's tell stories about things that go bump in the night. I mean, the the, the woods is quintessential American horror. There's, there's nowhere else, I think, that really has that level of one-to-one relationship between camping and ghost stories quite like Americans, you know, horror. It, it really is its own thing. And while the Cahota, the or Cahonta in this episode was not... A, it's not a real monster, but it was definitely inspired by some of them. Um, well, there, the, I couldn't find anything. Well, at least our quick research hasn't shown. Yeah, I couldn't find anything that would be a source of inspiration. But there are a lot of different monsters out there in folklore that they could have easily used as sources inspiration. of inspiration. Various sources of inspiration, like, oh, I like that part of that one. I like part of that one. But for the most part, this kind of resembled the um, the Wendigo. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I'd well, say that's the what's closest. What's nice about that, too, is even that was even a part of the storyline in the show. Everyone has forgotten about it. Nobody ever remembers it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And some people could argue that you, a lot of people may not remember it from season one. It's been 14 years. You know, even our own fandom could argue that you might have forgotten it. But the according to Supernatural Canon, a Cajonta is a human who engaged in extensive cannibalism and was punished by the Native Americans for it. A shaman curses the person to transform into a creature with an insatiable hunger that is bound by magic to be trapped in certain areas of the forest. And it is very much like the Wendigo. There's a lot of similar elements to that episode all the way back to season one, episode two, the idea of cannibalism, that this thing will, you know, coax you out into the woods. It's something that you can't see that moves faster than a human is responsible for. A lot of those things did come into play here, but the design of this creature, I think was easily one of the biggest highlights for this week. Yeah. Without a doubt. That's the biggest, yeah. the biggest highlight for me out of this entire episode was the the genius design behind the the monster. Just, dude, that's some solid fucking work, and it really is. It really is, and it's not our traditional, you know, kind of CGI or the other end of that spectrum that Supernatural has been known to fall into, and they fully on admit it. Where it's a human esque with different color eyes and teeth. You know, and I'm just so happy that over the last, what, three, maybe four years, we have kind of veered away from the CGI because CGI Mm -hmm. was definitely the thing. I want to say season seven through, I don't know, maybe 10. 10. And then we've gotten back to the basics, back to the Kripke type visual effects with the combination of CGI and practical. Yeah. And that is something that I really, really enjoy that Dab has brought back to the show is the practical side of things. In fact, I was a little afraid for a moment when we just saw that hand. Yeah, over the bathroom over stall. Over the bathroom stall. Like, oh man, that's really like I really that, need to take shit. Like that might be some some CGI. I don't I don't know. I need to go back and watch. But I did get nervous because to me it looked like CGI. But then when we actually saw and got a glimpse of it attacking people, mm-hmm. I was I was so fucking happy. Yeah. I mean, I just love the alien style, you know, KY jelly effect, which is probably <laughs> what it was, because that's what they used back in the old days in the seventies and eighties for the, the alien attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to see that drop down on someone's face. I mean, that's just cool, man, because imagine if they did it CGI. It just would not have had the same visceral, raw feeling as that scene had. Liquid and fire and naturally moving elements are very hard to do with conviction to where it feels real. Yeah. Even with big budgets. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. The depth isn't there. It, it, the, the gray doesn't look always great when you are color grading it into the actual scene. It just, well, it's also, this is the way to go. It's motion. All CGI, all, all designed effects like that have coding to tell you be at this point at this time by this increment. And so in some ways it's a little too smooth. Whereas real liquid, real, like that viscous, drool or real fire has a mind of its own and it it really does it's one of those like uncanny valley elements to where the closer you get to real the more you notice it's not and so it really did shine through in this episode and was it celine godou or godow i say godow godow celine godow was godow Mm -hmm. okay not gonna say it again was the special effect makeup artist for this episode and Bravo, that thing is creepy looking. It has a nice mix of 
almost like moss, tree bark, overgrown over a body that has been left behind. It looked like an elemental. It looked like Swamp Thing. It did, thing. yeah. And that's because I am a huge fan of Swamp Thing. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude. This is the closest we're ever going to get to having Swamp Thing, an elemental beast, in Supernatural. And I loved some of those up close, and, and they really held the camera on the face where you saw the design in the teeth. It's got these like translucent sharp edged teeth it's got skin that's partly visible beneath the branches beneath the veins of tree bark and and moss or what have you and i'm glad they showed it because i mean why have that much detail unless you're going to actually show off the work and i mean according to celine godot's uh, instagram post she said they spent over four days creating the creature so totally worth it i mean and i'm honestly i mean that's not even a lot of time in the grand scheme of things but the but that's uh, kudos to them. The fact that they were able to do this type of work in such a short time frame. That's the downfall of working on a television show yeah. is the turnaround for a lot of these effects is, is days, yeah. days. So the, 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 I, the fact that they were able to pull off such a fantastic practical effect in just four days is, is just a testament to Celine's skills. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also the you, way they lit it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, because obviously, if you if you saw that thing in the broad daylight, probably wouldn't be as effective. But right. you know, choosing the right lighting ratio and and framing is what sells it as well. Absolutely. the The fact that it was primarily practical effects over the course of a week to give us something that looked as good as it did is. It's nice to see, you know, like you said, we've gotten away a little bit from some of the CGI heavy aspects, which I am grateful for because well, it, there's a time and place like I, there's I'm a time a, and place. I'm a fan of CGI, so I'm never going to shit on CGI. Even if you don't think you are, there's trust us. There are scenes in movies and shows that you didn't know yeah. were CGI and you are right. right. Mad Max Fury Road is a great example of that. Yeah, you just got to you just got to use it sparingly. And we've said this before in our shows like, hey, you know what? It's not the cure all. It isn't, hey, CGI that, CGI that. Yeah. Use it when you need it. And that's something again that Supernatural has brought back. They're using it when they need it. And the the, you know, jumping ahead, the death of that monster this week was a great example of that. We had right. some practical effects where we see the hand actually melting, which I thought that was fucking cool and when he was that. cursed when the guy actually got crawls cursed. up his neck yeah that was cool too yeah yeah the way they did those things where it's a little touch here a little touch there brings it's a polish it brings the the object to a greater stand yeah. it, it just looks so much better with that little bit of polish and effort on top uh, but it has to have a strong base already yeah so kudos to that and as you said av the lighting and the the cinematography with some of those shots absolutely helped sell the effect you know the woods on their own are naturally scary everyone knows anyone who's been camping all it takes is a little bit of paranoia when you have to go pee or or use the fucking bathroom by yourself and all of a sudden you know uh, what is in real life a twisted tree branch looks like a fucking axe murderer well, with a, you with think a stiffy. It is, Thomas, at least you, you know, think it's a branch. Until in this episode, it starts moving. Yeah, and fuck then that. fuck that, dude. Yeah, I loved that intro. To when, you know, the first opener where we see it kind of Bigfoot walking through the woods was okay, mm-hmm. but I loved when the two, the second victim and the girl, see him, and he's slightly moving. And then they uh, shine him with a flashlight. Like that was a great opener when 
Thomas, the kid, first season walks past and then it moves out of this still yes. shadow. That was my favorite one of all of the little reveals of the monster. When Absolutely. He, it literally looked like he separated himself away from the tree or the bushes and lifted his head. And I was like, oh, shit. It, it literally like peels itself out of the shadows. Yeah. And when we're in the woods, when we're afraid, that's what we're just waiting to happen. And that's yep. why it, it worked for me because, you know, I go camping all the time. It's what me and my family do. And, you do? Uh, oh, f- yeah, all yeah, the time, you do, dude. don't you? And I have been spooked because where, where we go, there's a lot of elks and coyotes. Uh-huh. And they're up at night. That's when they, they, that's when they do their thing. And they'll go right up to camp sometimes, which is not scary. You know, they're just, they're, they leave you alone. But when you go out about 15 feet to take a piss in the dark, you might as well be on, you know, a boat in the middle of the ocean yeah, alone. Yeah. And you see movement. And I remember this one time I was taking a piss. My hands were freezing. My penis was uh, was not comfortable. <laughs> and um, and I went running with my penis out because I saw all I saw something that was solid. It Not my penis. I saw something solid. <laughs> it's too cold to be solid. <laughs> I saw something solid out in the uh, distance out in the distance. And I'm just looking, I'm like just looking around, and then the object moves. Oh, no. And I take off running full speed, and I turn around, and I realize. Just peeing everywhere? I, I really was. <laughs> got all over the shoes, got all over my hands, and, and I'm uncomfortable now because I'm cold. But then I turn around just to see if it's chasing after me, and the elk steps into the moonlight. I'm like, okay, it's an elk. And now I feel stupid. Oh. <laughs> Better, but, better safe and alive. Oh yeah, I'm you not know? gonna just stand there like an idiot. Like those are that's what dumb people do in horror films. Billy, <laughs> I just left camp. But is that you, Mom? <laughs> You're gonna get caught. You deserve to die. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's a it's a good fear tactic. I mean, I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of us go camping, so this is why these types of fear tactics always work. They're yeah. they're easy. They're an easy sell. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just, you know, it was every way in which they brought that character, the the monster to life. I loved the frame rate shift to show it crawling up yeah. rapidly over Thomas's prone body. That very simple trick, but very effective and something that we saw last season with Lucifer when he grabbed Rowena and slammed her against the wall. Mm. But it's something that as far as monsters, I I guarantee I'm wrong, but I don't truly remember having seen that. Except back with uh, Dead in the Water, season one, episode three, where we see the kid rapidly come out of the the lake and it gave us that uncomfortable, unsettling vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last time I truly remember it. I'm guaranteed there's another time since then. It's been 14 years, but that was another great little thing that through some practical effects, we can make what would might be considered very silly in the daylight or at a normal frame rate become creepy unnatural unsettling with just a few little touches as is nice it's nice to see them go back and a few little touches is nice sometimes thomas you know every now and then yeah just a few little touches just a little attention is what we're asking for that's all a little flick maybe a little blow on there a little lick (laughs) what What? Uh, i'm sorry what what are you talking about (laughs) over there i'm talking about this episode what are you talking about uh same same the episode prank caller prank caller (laughs) all right so Switching gears to the Wait, narrative. Can I just say one more thing? Oh, yeah. Because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want you guys to think I was shitting on the monster or anything, but I've got to tell <laughs> you, when he was walking around, I was waiting for Dean to say something about Groot. 
Oh, <laughs> missed opportunity. That is a I missed know. opportunity. And I, st- that and I haven't seen anything yep. on, you know, Twitter or anything about Groot, but I was That like, would have been fantastic. I could totally see Dean saying something like that. Yeah, that would have yeah. been great. Wow, I'm surprised they missed that. I know. I'm surprised we missed that. Huh? Good job, baby. That, that is a great, that would have been fucking hilarious, actually. <laughs> it's It's nice to see that. There's still something that they could surprise us with, though, at this point with the monster. Yes. So, you know, with this episode, it really was, as far as the narrative is concerned, kind of a a very standard monster of the week in some respects. Even though we had a great guest star like Adam Beach and a great monster from a visual standpoint, from a creep factor, it really didn't do a whole lot as far as moving the myth arc forward, moving the season's narrative forward yeah you know there's a lot of doubling down reaffirming that sam is struggling with the loss of maggie and the other hunters reaffirming that jack's power is dangerous and that he doesn't quite belong and that struggling to find meaning or purpose where he can do the right thing it's all he's ever really working towards is how does he do the right thing whether that's help them bring their mother back yeah. or help other people defeat Michael or help help the hunters survive Michael's monsters. He's always trying to help people. So we've known this for a while. We've been plugged into this character. And if you've a fan of the show and you're on season 14, you've been plugged into the show. So then the question becomes, why are we doubling down? Why are we reaffirming and, and making a note that these aspects are important? Yeah, it feels intentional. Because that's what I found myself doing when I was watching this episode. I was asking those questions like, well, why are we seeing this again? We already know Sam is struggling. Mm -hmm. We understand that. But it brings up the question as why are you strengthening an idea that we already fully understand? That's fully strengthened enough. We get that Jack is struggling with uh, with, you know, finding where he belongs. We get that Sam is struggling with the loss of his hunters. So you ask, why? Why are they doing that? That's the most logical direction to take this discussion, you know, moving forward. Sam's feelings were brought forward in this episode when the sheriff found out that monsters and demons are real. And there was a question they posed. Why would you not inform people? Is there a reason for this? Was this part simply stated in order to show that Sam is not okay? You know, I mean... I mean, the reason why I feel like this was an odd question to pose was because we already know the answer. They tackled this last season in that brilliant episode that Davey also wrote titled Breakdown. Mm -hmm. Based on how Donna's boyfriend reacted to the truth that monsters live among us, he could barely contain his fear, confusion and disbelief. He wanted no part of it and he preferred to stick his head in the ground. So the answer was quite clear after that episode, not Everyone can handle truths like this. It takes a certain type of person. So then that leaves you wondering why pose that question again? Why pose the question or even pose an an ethical question of they should inform everybody about this. Why are you not getting on YouTube? Yeah. For everyone, you know. And that's why I felt like it was a little strange because these are things we've already we've already yeah. tackled these ex- these questions before in a very uh, very very upfront n- manner and, and and nuanced and seamless way. Yeah, this kind of felt a little out of out of left field. Couple of things. One is I liked 
the way that he, because we actually haven't heard this question about people in general in a long time. Like, okay, yeah, Doug found out about it and he couldn't handle it. But this guy wasn't asking for himself or for anyone in particular. It was, why don't you t- at large? Um, so it's less... But then we'll have mass hysteria that was proven at a very because the way just like when you go to testing, like, what do you do? You don't test large groups. You test certain controlled areas, controlled populations. And Doug was that controlled population. We understand how most people would probably act. Right. So if they were to just tell everybody monsters and demons and angels exist. Do with that information what you will. Imagine. In fact, uh, what's that one guy? Ethan, uh, not Ethan. um, I'm going to call him Ethan Hawke, the genius that died recently. Um, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Hawking, I mean, he's addressed this situation time and time again. He's all, we would die if we found out aliens existed. Like, he's all, so many people think, oh, we need to know if aliens exist. He's all, we would have mass hysteria and this world would destroy itself if we found out aliens existed. No matter how much we get swept up in fictitious, you know, TV shows and, and books and, oh, we want to know we can't be alone. But if we are actually presented with the idea that we're not alone in the galaxy, it would cause us to question so many it things. It undoes our reality. Yes. Right. And that's the thing is that, yes, he does pose it in a different way. He asks this time, why are you the ones who decide that people get to know? Because you could leave it out there, put it on YouTube, tell people, And then they can either become a hunter, educate themselves, or be like Doug and stick their head in the sand. I would choose to be like Doug. I'd be like Doug. I'm just going to relax. I just have a gun. I'd maybe buy a gun and be ready for that. But even then, if something's going to... The thing that would break into my house would be like, oh, you have to stab me with silver, you dipshit, as it eats me. (laughs) So I'd be unlucky enough... To get or fucked a brass over knife either way. dipped in a virgin lamb or something. Yeah, like or or that like that Japanese ghost where it had to be killed with like a the the branch of a certain tree and they had to use a wood chipper. Yeah, Bobby and Rufus. Like that <laughs> yeah. would be my situation. I'd get fucked over on the odds on that one. Yeah, but there is the that bringing up that question. I'd be killed by the woman in white. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'll take, <laughs> you'd like, be killed by any like, I will woman take you home. ghost that's like, hey, hey what are you up don't to? Don't fret. I'll take you home. The siren. The woman in white, fucking Abaddon, the Amazon, Abaddon, the darkness, any hot girl that showed up, you'd be like, hey, and then dead. Yeah. Like Abaddon, (laughs) I will help you. Okay. We will together. We will defeat Sam and Dean. Okay. (laughs) Only together can we defeat them. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the second part of what I was going to say though, is, um, you had said, oh crap, I just lost what I was going to say. Um, that everyone's reality would undo itself, you know, because Mike's right. You know, we know that there's a lot of things in our, on a more grounded level, nobody wanted to believe that the government was reading all of our text messages, emails, and listening to our phone calls. And then it comes out that that's pretty much a hundred percent true. And one of two things happen: People ignore it and act like it didn't happen or they become a little bit militant, but overall society just says, no, nah, I'm not going to worry about that. That's not real Yeah, because yeah. of our own sanity. And to Mike's point, if we found out that we weren't alone in the universe, while there are some people that would take the star Trek route and, and be enlightened me up. and happy Let's to be a this. part of it and want, and look at all the new potential. We can't fucking handle 
anything, let alone in this yeah. country, let alone in the world. Look what happens when it comes when to religions. Look what a happens. flood happens. <laughs> we can't even handle a f- mother nature. Toast looks like the Virgin Mary and half a city goes fucking nuts. <laughs> if we found out for concrete evidence, it would undo our understanding of our place in the universe and people would right. go you know crazy and that's kind of why the government you know the argument of the government's area 51 shit is that we're not ready you know people aren't ready to handle that in mass yeah so i okay, and that's so kind I of their remember. argument oh what's your what did you remember well um he had mike posed the question you know why are we taking a moment to reaffirm these things that that we already know but remind me didn't we lose mike michael last episode two episodes ago Ouroboros, and then we had peace of mind and then this one that's right right and i'm not saying because i don't want to contradict myself from last season when i said that we need to be reminded of things where uh because what happened is frequently though because we would well for example what was one of our complaints last season that you know something really really bad had happened to dean or sam and then the next episode they were fine and then the next episode suddenly they're not and then yeah it was very inconsistent let me make myself clear. I'm not questioning the questions they posed this week as a, f- to as a com- whole to complain. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's something there. Why are these, po- why are they posing these questions? Because we, yeah. we already understand 100% that Sam can't, you know, that he's struggling with the death of these people and for them to bring it back into this episode again and make it a part of the monster of the week, monster of the week narrative. I question why they, double down yet again when a simple hey i need to get out of the bunker let's go do a job Mm -hmm. uh because i just can't sit here because this is where all these people died that would suffice and then that way they can move on into a new fresh territory with the monster of the week storyline but instead they chose to use something we already know is happening with sam to then restate and pose questions so what i'm saying is why are these questions being posed yeah. Is there a reason behind it? Are we going to see this by the end of the seasons? Are they going in some direction like possibly sharing this information with more people? I don't know. I, I, I think that's an, an interesting take because I think the difference between this episode and Sam and other times bad shit has happened is because Sam was angry. Yeah. He said he hated that place. Yeah. This is more than just I'm sad because I look around and I see the bodies of the people that I thought I could protect. He said he hated that bunker and could not stand to be in it anymore. Right. And I think that's the big difference from Sam's perspective, because even when he was talking to um, the police chief and the police chief was like, oh, why aren't you telling people? Sam was angry. Yeah. That he would even talk about telling other people obviously the the police chief didn't know that he had lost a bunch of people but in sam's mind he's angry because he did tell other people or other people did know about it and they died because of it yeah and maybe that's something he has to accept as a leader you know there's there's one part about being in charge and there's one part about teaching people how to do something but the fact is as a leader as any general or anybody in charge you're to that level you're not a coach of a football team this is real shit you're going to lose people and losing people unfortunately is part of the job and yeah. maybe that's just part of where sam's at that he has to accept that before he can recruit new people before he can continue the legacy before he can rebuild 
he needs to accept that not everyone's going to make it. It's not always going to be everyone came home, you know, without a scratch on him. Well, and this is a little different, too, because if you go out in a group and you come back and you're missing some, that's horrible to say, but that's kind of par for the course for them. Yeah. They lost everybody. And he's he's going to have to adapt. That's He's going to have to grieve, really. So he may, to your point, he was angry. He may just want nobody else to be put in that kind of risk right, right now. But I just, again, my, my point is, it's why more, are we going why, down this road? Why are we doing it again? In TV shows, when you write a TV show, nothing is for no reason. And if it is, that's a sign that's of bad, bad writing. So this conversation in some way has to pay off. So was it a lazy way to get from A to B so that they can then tell Jack the truth that mm-hmm. they didn't want him coming with them out of fear that he can't control his right. power? Because then you have that moment where Sam's like, no, we, we shouldn't tell anybody. We don't want to put people's lives at risk. Then he tells the sheriff, no, tell your son. He deserves the truth. Mm-hmm. So was that whole entire point there just so that we can have that scene at the end where Sam and Dean tell Jack the truth? And then in that and then in, in that, that moment, moment, we're getting that nudge again, because now suddenly Jack hears from them that, that they trusted. don't have complete faith that he can control his power. And then suddenly now. We have that moment where Jack, again, feels slightly alienated and not a part of the group. Right. It, it, it's not about why are we doing this? It's why is the story being told this way? and Where will that lead? Not yeah. why are they doing this? We've seen it before, but right. why are right. they doing this? Yeah. What are we trying to move towards? And Jack is primarily the focus. You know, his story, his story this week was a weird mix because for the most part, it's a bit of a rehash of what we've seen. And for the very, very end, is it something new and relevant with the rehash? It's stuff we've seen, but it would make sense for them to do that if they're preparing us as an audience for something big with Jack. Right. And for all in order for all of this to pay off and matter, you know, this little excursion with the town's kids will have to be part of what pushes him down that road. Now, I'm not a big fan of these kids. I will say right now, I think we know where the second half of the Lebanon script was originally supposed to be. <laughs> you think? I think the original pitch was these kids from the Lebanon, the first part, and Jack interacting with them as the second part. I think his entire interaction with them was supposed to be one, that they were supposed to be in one episode, seamless, to where he is is learning how to control his powers and he puts people in danger and it leads down this route. But he didn't have his power. Then that's why they kind of chopped and diced. Yeah. And unfortunately it wasn't as seamless as it could have been, but that's another yeah. discussion. But that this has to be where they're going with that for this to matter. It has to be part of what leads Jack down that route. If Michael is dead and there is no baddie of the season anymore, then Jack has to be the potential threat. We know that Jack is not evil though. So any decisions he makes will be one out of naivety, the one that will be connected like the snake in his desire to do good, to help the snake, he will kill it. Whoa, you missed your logic there a little bit, dude. Yeah, and that's honestly the best way to take Jack's character development Mm -hmm. at this point. Absolutely. If he is going to be the threat, it wouldn't make sense for him just to be, all right, I'm bad, I'm evil because of this. He needs to be nudged and pushed down that that road. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is too, we know he's not evil because we see him show immediate regret, fear and mm-hmm. remorse for hurting someone. So he shows that emotion immediately when he accidentally hurts Stacy. Although to be fair, 
she's the fucking person who moved. Yeah, he I had it under that's, control. That's what I would have said. If I who you know, runs towards the knife? Yeah, I'm like at least back up. At least Jesus back up. Christ. The house, the doors behind you. Let me run towards a knife. <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah, she's an idiot. I'll just let her die. My well, survival. That's the what fittest. you get. That's what you get for walking into a knife. Darwinism, dummy. <laughs> but he shows that emotion, so therefore he still has a soul. How much of that is left to be decided? Because season six, Soulless Sam, say that five times fast, had, Sam. had zero interest in sacrificing people for hunting a single monster. And he watched Dean become a vampire out of curiosity. You he know, set it up. He he. he <laughs> yeah, I still laugh at that part. Yeah, when doing my rewatches, you. dude, he was such an asshole. He was. He was a prick. Yeah, I love it. And it was dude, great. Soulless Sam is the fucking he's best. A, he's a beast. Dude. Yeah. And we know Jack's not like that. So if he does have his powers back and he's no longer burning his soul, something else needs to push him over the edge. Something else, whether that's his own naivety, trying to do the right thing and making mistake and feeling ostracized, perhaps that will be it. We know for a fact, as we found out, Sam and Dean don't 100% trust him. And whether he's pulling what Donatello said and saying, what would the Winchesters do? Or he genuinely is no longer as righteous and moral as he once was because his soul is no longer intact yeah this episode ends with the first time i think that jack ever blatantly flat out lies to them yeah and that's well, big. what's funny is he even made mention of that earlier in the episode he doesn't like to lie yeah he said it makes his stomach feel like you know terrible he's and all grown up that's what teenagers do they lie they get up, they get old, they start making friends with I the wrong crowd. I promise I didn't make that porno purchase, They Dad. start stabbing random strangers. Yes. That's a metaphor. Wow. That's a metaphor. You were trying to stab that girl. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but this you, is, if it was you, she would stab you. Well, probably. <laughs> Listen to Rain Man show. <laughs> but this episode really does end with Jack for the first time lying to them. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. That is where we're going to go. So... Does he get nudged this way by outside circumstances, feeling that he, the people he loves and trusts the most don't have that same trust and respect for him? He's too young to understand. He's, he's too wenty too. you know, he doesn't understand <laughs> the best. trying to keep someone safe. And when you're young, what you feel like when someone's trying to keep you safe often feels like controlling, manipulating mistrust misguided attempts that's what's being a teenager is all about and also if you look at um again going with those star wars parallels i mean anybody that has watched revenge of the sith they know exactly this, this is, is exactly where is, how many times do we have to call out jedi and the force and things like that too this is exactly anakin skywalker's story he wasn't an evil person but he felt alienated and he felt like nobody Alone. had trust in him anymore that no one believed in him and that's what nudged him down the dark road Yep. He, he wasn't an evil person. He made a bad decision that turned him evil. And that could well, easily. And it, was a, it was a slow process, too. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. With with the news that we've had this week, could that be one of the reasons why maybe we're slowing down a little bit? We're doing a little bit of a rewrite to. It could give be. A long progression to his being nudged in the placing his trust in the wrong person kind of a thing. It could be. It's a little too early to tell for us to. Because ratcheting down the speed this dramatically at this time is rarely 
a sign of strength? That really, I think that's that's a question that's hard to answer because yeah. we won't know unless you know we until find out and, until we find out when they decided when's the when is the exact moment Jensen decided he's uh, going to say goodbye yeah. to the show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so because they're I, they're almost done filming at this point. Yeah, and this episode's probably been in the can for quite some time. Yeah, right. So it, time will tell with that one, and you know. This is hoping that we go that route with Jack. And it could be something existential as well, whether it's naivety. It could be something like the cosmic entity trying to take Castiel. And Jack maybe burns off too much of his soul trying to save Cass, trying to fight this entity. Yeah. You know, do, do we bring that back into play? Does he sacrifice himself a little bit too much to try and help Heaven out? We know they're still, you know, barely keeping the lights on. Yeah. So it could be something personal and it could be something him trying to do a greater good that he sees as right that ends up costing too much. Who knows? We're going to have to find out. Hopefully in the next few episodes, it has to happen by the end of the season, though, right? I think that's kind of the the goalpost mm-hmm. right now. It might shift. Yeah. But yeah, with that, I think it's time for some uh, some final thoughts on this episode. A.B., what did you think of this episode? Um, I'm going to have to give this one a B. Um, I was first time through, unfortunately, I watched it after I found out that, uh, next year was going to be our last. So I probably wasn't in the best frame of mind <laughs> to be watching this. Um, I was a little let down. Um, cause I, I agree. I felt like it was really slow. All of a sudden they really mm-hmm. pumped the brakes on this one. Um, but after I went back and, and, uh, watched it again and talked about it with you guys. There's just still so many potentials and I'm hoping that this episode was just a deep Fluke. breath before we um, penetrate. Uh, what? Sure. Yes. <laughs> before, before they pound it in. Take a deep so. breath. Cause we're going at it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, but I mean, it was still really good. The, I love the cinematography on, um, on the monster, the monster mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, Groot reference aside, um, <laughs> it was just um, and you know, I, I think we we get a lot of Dean perspective sometimes, and so I appreciate it when we get a little bit of insight into Sam, and he's able to show a little more emotion other than "boy, I'm smart" and "are you okay?" So, um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, Mike, what about you? What do you? What were your final thoughts on this episode? Uh, this episode was not Davy's best work. In fact, except for the B style monster, it didn't even feel like a typical Davy Perez episode. And I'm not sure if that is because of the directing choices. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's because of the d- directing choices. Jason Fitzpatrick has never directed an episode of Supernatural before. Uh, it could also be due to the, I mean, he was an editor for the last two years. Mm hmm. So it could also be due to conflicting writing styles because this episode was also written by Nick. Not uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about this one, because when it comes to the narrative, it just feels like rehashed ideas. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the rehashed ideas are fine. If they pay off, because besides creating consistency and not forgetting Sam's immediate emotional dilemma, I'm hoping Sam's morose emotional state will lead to something pivotal later in the season because if not, there's no real, real reason to include it into the episode like it was. If it were just for consistency and characterization purposes for Sam this season, then they could have just mentioned 
that he needed to get out and feel productive. Instead, they chose to weave this aspect into the story in such a way that his his feelings and problems became mm-hmm. a way to pose questions of responsibility in the episode. And should they tell the world? Um, is this the end of Sam's leadership? I mean, he loses some hunters and now he has decided to go into this hunting thing alone because he doesn't want to be responsible for the death of others. There's a lot of like just what ifs and I'm and trying mm-hmm. to figure out exactly what they were trying to say. And usually I'm pretty fucking good at dissecting and interpreting an episode. And this one, I felt like I was at a loss and yeah. I've never felt at a loss, even with episodes that we don't care about. I yeah. am usually not at a loss. I'm like, all right, well, I understand what you're doing. I can see this. It didn't really quite work well, but I can see what you're doing. This episode, I can't see what they were trying to do. Uh, there was something going on, but it was below the surface. And I, and I feel like it never became clear what they were trying to say and or do. Yeah. Uh, Jack is perfect. Alexander Calvert always delivers, uh, but they paired an, an exceptional actor with some subpar guest spots. Yeah. I mean, Honestly, who asks, how do you use it when you're talking about a sword? Well, there's a handle and a pointy end. Well, have you seen any action movie ever? Yeah. Stick them with a pointy end. Yeah. And it feels like the kids never really, I don't know. It's just, I'm not going to bash poor kids, but they they just, they're not They're not strong. They might want to get some acting lessons. (laughs) Uh, The highlight for me was Celine Godot's work on the Kohanta. The practical effects were awesome. I love the alien type acid that the Kohanta used on its victims. Solid. Okay. All right. So I I will say something else, uh, Mike. I know several Mm -hmm. episodes ago, we talked about how they were doing a really good job this year Mm -hmm. about not having extra people in the episode if they weren't Mm -hmm. needed. So I thought this was an interesting way to completely clear the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It it does work in that respect. Um, I got to say, I agree a lot with you, Mike. I, I think the, I think when I look at some of season 14, Truthfully, I feel like the weakness of this episode can be attributed to Lebanon. I feel like Jack's story with these kids and how this city interprets Sam and Dean, what they know of them, and Jack trying to fit in and tell these kids something that they would think is cool, and then arrogance and and ego getting you know a little too showy, a little too far, would have been a good, strong episode. If those two ideas had merged into one and Sam and Dean been along for the ride as kind of parents, I feel like it, it feels like I found the second half stuck to the shoe. I found of, it. Yeah. I found the second half of that original pitch for the 300th episode. <laughs> because when I look at the monster of the week. the taco rapper. Oh. <laughs> when I look at the monster of the week with Sam and Dean, you're right. So much of it doesn't fit. It is truly the most standard issue of a monster of the week story we could have possibly had. And Sam's questions while could be relevant are not yet blatantly. So, so if they don't come to play into any greater scheme, I feel like that was just a way in which to have a monster. And that's why the biggest selling point for the episode was the special effects. Yeah. And again, bravo to the special effects. They looked amazing. The monster was really good, but from the narrative, I don't see why we've slammed on the brakes so hard unless this is again, half of a story that was missing the first part that I could see stitched together working as a whole better. Yeah. So for me, it was the first time that outside of some cool special effects and, and no having things reaffirmed that I do know 
if if the next few episodes don't directly play into some of Jack's decision making here, it's going to feel like a really big swing and a miss for me. Yeah. So with this, I'm going to give it a C plus. It it didn't quite do it for me. I feel like I'm half of something. So, and unfortunately, I think the biggest thing is I don't want to feel like that when I only have four episodes left of this season and no big bad in sight. And that's the reason why I I felt a bit meh about it because I'm like, all right, well, even. And I know some people say, well, it's a filler episode. Yeah, but even it's some this of late this, in the game, though. But most, I'm okay with filler episodes. I mean, that's part of Supernatural's seasonal template. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But usually those, even those filler episodes or those Monster of the Week episodes, there's something relevant within the subtext. Yes. That is discernible if you're looking for it. Yes. And I couldn't find any of that. It feels like the Sam and Dean part was written to fit sort of what yeah. Jack was doing. And that's why I am getting nervous because we only have four episodes left. No baddie in sight. We're not sure what Jack's doing. So where are they taking the show? We have never, ever been where we're at right now, where we have no discernible villain in sight. No. Well, the thing is, and the scarier thing to me, not to be too negative, is we have no discernible big baddie or end in sight. And yet we have an end date approaching. And that makes me uncomfortable because going into the final season, I should be feeling like I did when I was watching season four or season, the end of season 11, 10, where something big is going to happen. Yeah. And then while we are having a lot of faith that, that will happen with Jack, it's not a lot of road left here. Right. Because if they pull the trigger, if they're going to pull the trigger on the Jack scenario, mm-hmm. like, because we're saying there's no discernible big bad, but that doesn't mean there's no discernible threat. Jack, right. I think, is it's that different. threat, but they're going to have to pull the trigger soon because... We have four episodes left. And then 20. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. With four episodes left, we'll see what happens. We're, we need to start speeding up a little bit, though, I'd say. But we don't want to speed up too much because we don't have that much long to go. Yeah. But thank you all for listening. That'll do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads. And we will see you all next time. Wait, hold on. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that was Jesus. very abrupt. <laughs> very abrupt. You got to give me a second here. I, I got to warm you up. Is I have that to it? pull up the outro. Jeez. Let me let's get some viscous goo. See if that'll help warm you up. Do you think by the end of <laughs> Jesus? Do you think by the end of the the fifteenth season, I'll finally have uh, well, my bumpers ready? Well, we started just about on time with you know season fourteen near an end. So maybe by the end of season fifteen, we'll actually have everything go smoothly for the final episode. You little maggot! <laughs> you are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. 